You are Locked On MLB, your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is the daily show where we talk about all of Major League Baseball, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully on this date, the 18th day of March 2020. We're going to be previewing the American League West for the season, whenever that season begins. This is available on the free and easy-to-use Himalaya podcasting app. We're also available everywhere you get your podcasts. Listen us directly on the site at LockedOnMLB.com. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB or check out some of the other great shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, including Locked On Fantasy Baseball with Scott Cullen. We're on Twitter at LockedOnMLB underscore net. We're also on Instagram at LockedOnMLB. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. So we're going to continue our previews of the various divisions. Today is the American League West, home of the cute and cuddly Houston Astros. Brett and Eric are the hosts of Lockdown Astros. You'll hear from them. Plus, Scott Cullen of Lockdown Fantasy Baseball will give his thoughts on what players from each team you should keep an eye on. This is the Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric. My name is Brett. And we're going to go and kind of preview the 2020 Astros season. And so the first question is, what are the one or two biggest storylines surrounding the team this season? Well, obviously, we're going to have to deal with what's happened this past offseason with Mike Fires kind of bringing out the whole sign-stealing gate. How will the Astros respond? Because you know that every team we play they're gonna want to throw at your head or the fans are gonna be booing you we even heard somebody today in a game say Al uh, Bube or something like a buzzer or something so this is not gonna go away that's why they brought in Dusty Baker to basically manage the storm for the 2020 season but the other big storyline is how healthy is Justin Verlander could be this team is good but it's not going to be as good if Justin Verlander cannot be the ace. So if he misses a good portion of the season with this injury, this is something that could kind of derail the Astros' season. All right, and next I want to talk about the best-case scenario for the team and what needs to happen for that to happen. And I I really believe that the best-case scenario for the Houston Astros in 2020 is that they stay healthy, Um, that they stay healthy, that they um, remain injury-free, and that they – not let the people around them, the environment they go into, be a distraction. They're going to be booed. They're going to be criticized. They're going to be ridiculed. They're going to be under a microscope. And they have to be careful not to press too hard. Guys like Zach Grinky are going to have to step up. Lance McCullers coming back is going to have to step up. Even players that not many fans outside of Houston may not know about, like Miles Straw, um, is going to have to step up Josh James. Chris Davinsky, I believe, coming back, having a great year, is going to have to step up. And so the best-case scenario is that they don't press too hard, that they stay healthy, and they just go out and do what they know how to do, and that's win baseball games. On the other side of the plate is what's the worst-case scenario for the team and what could lead to it. And I guess it's basically just opposite what Brett said. I mean, if Verlander's out for extended time, you're without an ace, and that would make Zach Ranky your ace. But also, what if uh, you have players like George Springer who are trying to prove he's in a contract year? He's trying to prove that he was not using buzzers or anything, and 
He's he oh, he starts swinging like Carlos Gomez out there. And then you have Altuve. Maybe he forgets how to hit all of a sudden. Then you have Alex Bregman. And they're, they're just – the offense could lead to the downfall of the 2020 Astros. Same time, they're good enough to kind of rise over this. But at the same time, it's going to be really hard. And there's going to be a lot of people that do are going to come after the Astros this year. And so this could make them press. Like you said earlier, this could make them struggle a little bit. And this team could maybe only win 85 games if uh, if everything doesn't go right. Right. And so the next topic we're going to talk about is who is the top positional player to watch. And I have actually chosen Carlos Correa because Carlos Correa came into camp healthier than he's ever been. And he is under a lot of scrutiny. He's he's coming closer and closer to getting out of his rookie deal. Carlos Correa is healthy. I see Carlos Correa being a top five MVP candidate. I see him hitting 30 to 35 plus home runs over 100 RBIs and winning the gold glove at shortstop. And if he's if he's good enough, he could win the silver slugger as well at the shortstop position. Yeah, the top pitcher to watch is probably got to be Josh James. Uh, we got to see if this guy can become that top of the rotation guy that I think the Astros see him as being. I know that Zach Greinke is going to step up and fill in for Justin Verlander for a little bit. Lance McCullers, how many innings is he going to pitch? But I think it's all going to depend on the health of Josh James and can he hold on to that job. If he becomes a 15-game winner, then the Astros will have a much easier time winning a whole bunch of games and they'll have a much deeper rotation going into the playoffs who are some rookies that might make an impact in their debuts this season I believe that Miles Straw is going to do that I think on the pitching side you're going to see Brian Abreu and Christian Javier at some point during the season a lot of Astros fans would love to see Forrest Whitley come in and make an impact but he may not show up until late in the season for a September call-up but look for Miles Straw even look for Abraham Toro possibly I'm going to throw another guy in there Garrett Stubbs these are all potential impact players for the 2020 Astros and then I guess the end would be how the season's going to end. And I think it depends on how everything goes this year. This team is good enough to win the World Series in 2020. The, they may need to add another starting pitcher, depending on how the back of the rotation does, uh, depending on how the bullpen does. But we'll have to see. But I would have to say that the Astros are going to win the World Series or at least go to the World Series again, maybe face the Nationals, maybe the Braves, maybe the – uh, Dodgers, if they can uh, figure out their pitching woes. Yeah, exactly. I just think best case scenario is definitely a World Series win. I see us playing the Dodgers, to be quite honest with you. And I think in order to prove all the haters wrong or the doubters, whatever you want to call yourself, the Astros are going to have to win and win big in 2020 or else it's they're going to have to deal with this again in 2021. So make sure you listen to the Locked On Astros podcast daily for all your local Astros talk. Hello Astros fans, I'm Scott Cullen, host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Here are a couple of players for you to consider going into the 2020 Major League Baseball season. I know he's battling a knee injury, and I've gone on the record with my doubts about taking Astros hitter this season, but 22-year-old DH Jordan Alvarez is a straight-up beast. Between AAA and the Majors last season, he crushed 50 home runs. Maybe the home run rate slows down because it's hard to keep hitting a home run once every dozen at-bats or so, but why not try Alvarez again this season to find out? Who do I not like in the Astros lineup? How about their 25-year-old shortstop who has four seasons with at least 20 home runs, including last season when he did it in 75 games? 
Part of the trouble with Carlos Correa, though, is that he hasn't played more than 110 games in three straight seasons. He's also stopped stealing bases, but the inability to stay healthy is the bigger concern overall. Wow, Carlos Correa is a concern for the Astros? That's a change. Hey, here's Jason Burke of Locked On A's. The A's are going to be one of the teams that will probably challenge the Astros once the season begins. How's it going, baseball fans? This is Jason Burke, host of the Locked On A's podcast, and I am here to just get you guys caught up with everything you need to know about the Oakland A's before the 2020 season starts, whenever that happens to be. Um, the biggest storylines that we have going into uh, 2020 for Oakland, um, who's going to play second base, and can they overtake the Houston Astros atop the AL West? Those are the big questions. Uh, as far as second base goes, um, we have Vimeo Machin, who was a Rule 5 pick from the Cubs. Uh, you have Tony Kemp, who it, was a trade acquisition from the Cubs. Uh, he has a veteran presence. And, and then you got uh, minor leaguers uh, Franklin Barreto, who was acquired in the Josh Donaldson deal back in 2015. And uh, Jorge Mateo, who was acquired in the Sunny Gray deal in 2016. So those are the main guys that we're looking out for to play second base. Uh, we may see Sheldon Noisy come up at some point if uh, nothing's working out. But uh, th those are the main guys that are in competition. And with opening day pushed back a little bit, uh, it's going to be harder to hide some of these guys on the roster. Everybody's out of options. Uh, Tony Kemp can't go anywhere. Vimy Machine was a Rule 5 pick. And then... Uh, Mateo and Barreto are both out of options, so whoever doesn't make the team is going to most likely end up on a different Major League Ball Club. Uh, so if you like fantasy baseball, uh, they each have some little bit of upside for you know a late-round flyer. So with all of that said, what would be the best-case scenario for the 2020 Oakland A's? Uh, I think that they're legitimately championship contenders. Uh, the best way for that to happen would be to win the AL West and avoid the wildcard game completely. And then that way they get a full series of games as opposed to one game where the A's never really have like a true ace type pitcher. Um, so this way they would, you know, be able to rely on their depth a little bit more. And that's where I think that they can outperform other teams and make it further into the playoffs than we've seen in recent years. The worst case scenario for this team would be everybody gets hurt or, you know, there's a slew of injuries that keep people off the shelf. Um, Jesus Lozardo uh, aggravates his arm somehow. Um, Matt Chapman doesn't continue to grow as an offensive player. He's already fantastic defensively, but, uh, we're, we're really banking on him being a more consistent offensive, uh, presence, you know, hitting like 270, 280, as opposed to like the 250, 260 that we've seen. Uh, a lot of people are very excited about Matt Olson this year. Uh, if he doesn't quite, you know, turn the corner or he regresses a little bit, then, uh, that would be, you know, another way that the expectations aren't met. Last season, Marcus Semien finished third in the AL MVP voting. Um, I'm, I'm sure that not everybody's expecting him to do that again. So we're going to need more contributions from other players. You know, Ramon Laureano, we need Chris Davis to bounce back a little bit. And then we'll see, you know, the 97-win team that we've seen in previous seasons, uh, you know, come to fruition. But if anybody gets hurt, uh, the A's have a little bit of depth, but just not to those key pieces. That That's where uh, that's where they're going to need everybody to stay healthy, for sure. Um, the top position player for me to watch would be uh, Matt, Matt Chapman, obviously. Uh, I mean, if you're just talking about literally watching, just watch him play defense. It is so much fun. I've... <laughs> My favorite Matt Chapman moments are when D. Gordon of the Mariners just tries to lay down a bunt, and he'll be playing shortstop, and 
run in and throw him out from there. It, it's ridiculous the range that he has playing defense. If we're talking about, you know, keep an eye on this guy because he might have a good season, um, Matt, Matt Chapman. I legitimately think he's, he's going to make an MVP case this year. So the player that I'm keeping my eye on is definitely Matt Chapman. Uh, as he goes, so do the A's, I feel like. So uh, if he's doing well, watch out Houston Astros for sure. Uh, the top uh, pitcher to watch for me is going to be Jesus Lozardo. He has all of the talent in the world. He is electric when he's pitching. Um, he's going to be so much fun to watch. Uh, it's going to be an adjustment uh, period for him between you know coming up to the majors and seeing how hitters adjust to him, how he adjusts back to hitters. So that'll be a nice cat and mouse game to keep an eye on, but uh, I, I think that he's going to have a fantastic season. Also keep an eye on Frankie Montas. Uh, he pitched most of, all of his stats from last year were before he got suspended for PEDs. He's had a good spring training. Um, so we'll see how, you know, he actually developed as a pitcher without the PEDs. Um, the rookies to keep an eye on. I mentioned Sheldon Noisy. He still has rookie eligibility. Um, there's not a lot of rookies that are going to be on the team ex unless Vemiel Machin, Franklin Barreto, or Jorge Mateo uh, make the team. Uh, those would be guys to keep an eye out on. Austin Allen is probably a guy that's going to be the backup catcher. He has some pop in his bat, so there, there's some guys. My under-the-radar guy would be Seth Brown. If he keeps mashing in AAA, they're going to find a spot for him in the outfield or first base. Uh, he's got a bat. He hit 37 homers in the minor leagues last year. He, he's going to be fun to watch, I think. And he plays good defense, so that's nice. My best guess for how this season's going to end is the A's sitting atop the AL West, and then I'm not going to make World Series predictions because I feel like when it happens for Oakland, it's going to be a surprise. So I'm sticking with they're going to win the AL West, and then we'll see how it goes from there in the playoffs. If you're looking for more A's news while you're waiting for the season to begin, follow us at Locked On A's wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on social media at Locked On A's. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us all there. Subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast, do whatever you want. But we're going to be doing A's history lessons. We're going to look at some stats from the minor leaguers. We're going to have some fun over the next uh, couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, get you ready for opening day whenever that happens to be. We'll still be producing content, so uh, come listen. It'll be fun. Go out there and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I'll be talking to you guys soon. Hello, A's fans. I'm Scott Cullen, host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, with a couple of players for you to consider for the 2020 Major League Baseball season. 25-year-old center fielder Ramon Laureano is a low-key five-tool player. Maybe all the tools aren't quite at the elite level, but he's above average across the board. Last year was his first full season, and he hit 24 home runs, stole 13 bases, and had a 288 batting average. He did it in 481 plate appearances. Give Laureano a full season with 600 plate appearances, maybe? And see where it goes. Now, a player that I'd be beware of is designated hitter Chris Davis. Now that he's not hitting 247 every year, and he had his three-year run of 40 homer seasons stopped, it's a little less appealing to get a designated hitter who hit 220 with 23 home runs. Maybe Davis rebounds this season, but it's also possible that last year's sharp decline is legitimate reason for concern. The Rangers may be a surprise team this year. Let's find out with Bryce of Locked On Rangers. News, your Locked On Texas Rangers host, here to preview the Rangers 2020 season. Let's go ahead and start with the biggest storyline surrounding the team this season. The real question is, how are the Rangers going to balance trying to be competitive for the opening of their new stadium, Globe Life Field, in 2020 versus trying to balance the long-term health of this club? 
The team's just coming out of a long rebuild. They're not quite ready to compete yet. There's an outside chance that they compete for a wild card spot. Last year they did really well in the first half of the season, but really tanked off at the end. Some key injuries to their best players really hurt them down the back end last season. There's really going to be a question of, do the Rangers want to go all in and full tilt? And do they think they actually have the lineup capable of doing that? Or um, are they going to try and sell some of their top pitchers at the deadline and try and reboot and kick the can down the road and try and see if they compete later on? Because the A's and the Astros aren't going anywhere in this division. So it might be smart to just kick the can down the road just a little bit. The best case scenario for this team, they have three really, really good starting pitchers and two fairly capable other starting pitchers. So their rotation is pretty solid. That was one of the things that propelled them into success last season. They also had a really strong first half of the season from Joey Gallo and Hunter Pence played a big part. But the best case scenario is this team competes. It does really well in the first half and makes some key acquisitions. Their bullpen's looking to be pretty solid. Just the lineup, it's there's some real question marks there. And if those guys like Rugnet Odor and Elvis Andrews can kind of turn around some poor seasons that they had last year and kind of come out of it. And also Robinson Torino should really help this team offensively. Another good bat, another catcher who does well with this team and has a history with this team. So if they can put it all together, then they definitely have a chance at competing for one of those wild card spots. And then once you get there, anything kind of goes. Once you have three starting pitchers like Lanson, like Mike Miner, and like Corey Kluber, that really makes your case in the postseason. If you have strong pitching, you can kind of ride that um, and see how far it goes. The worst case scenario for this team, if Rugen Odor and Elvis Andrews regress, or they have seasons kind of like they had last year, if more injuries happen to Joey Gallo or, or others, or Lord forbid, if one of the Rangers' top three pitchers in Kluber, Miner, and Lynn, if one of those guys goes down with a significant injury, then this team is absolutely going to have to kick the can down the road and, and go right into that rebuild because without those guys, this team is not going to be a very good baseball team. The top position player to watch is Joey Gallo. He had a 1060 OPS in the first half of last season. That was 61 games. He was playing center field. He was doing it above average defensively, which as a guy who came as a third baseman, that's kind of that's kind of crazy because he's 6'5", he's 240, he's a big guy, but he had 20 home runs in those 61 games. And if not for having surgery to remove a broken handmate bone and a couple other injuries that hampered him down the stretch and towards the end of the season... He would have definitely been in top five MVP candidate talk. That OPS was just 20 points below what Mike Trout finished as the MVP of the league. And he was actually leading Mike Trout for uh, a good bit of last season. But the average is up. He's hitting was hitting 275 in that stretch, which is the biggest biggest question about Joey Gallo. It's always been the average. But if he can have that big average and also keep those home run numbers and those walk numbers up, which he did, if he can do something like that or something even close to that, for an extended portion of this season, then the Rangers have a really, really good player on their hands, and the league should absolutely watch out for Joey Gallo, which they probably should anyway. The biggest pitcher to watch is Corey Kluber. Yeah, Mike Miner and Lance Lynn both finished top 10 in AL Cy Young voting last season. They definitely earned it. They probably should have both been top 5, but Mike Miner kind of fell off towards the back half of last season. But uh, Corey Kluber was acquired for... Delino DeShields and uh, Emmanuel Classe, a uh, reliever prospect who had just started to make his name in the big leagues. Corey Kluber is a two-time Cy Young Award winner. He missed almost all of last season. Um, he only pitched in seven games. That was 35 innings. Before that, he had pitched in 200 innings from 2014 to 2018. He won two Cy Youngs, was uh, a three-time uh, All-Star in that span. Um, the Rangers are thinking that the time off, um, because he pitched so many innings, 
from 2014 to 2018, including the postseason. They think that time off might be beneficial for him. So if he can get back to... They're not expecting him to be Cy Young caliber, but if he gets something close to that, then the Rangers are going to have a really, really stacked rotation and honestly might be one of the best in baseball. Who knows? Who are some rookies that might make an impact this season? Nick Solak is the obvious answer. He's going to get a good chunk of the ABs in left field to start the season with Willie Calhoun out. Calhoun is fine, but it's looking like Solak, who is a right-handed hitter, who came up as a second baseman slash third baseman. Uh, If Ruben Odor struggles, then Solak might end up taking his job at second base when Willie Calhoun comes back. Who knows? It's still too soon to say that. But my best guess on how this season ends, I think the Rangers go 83-79. and I think they finish third in the AL West just out of reach of a wild card. I don't see them selling any of their top pitchers at the deadline. I think they were definitely listening on Lynn and Minor last season, but they didn't get any offers that blew them away. So with one season less on their contracts and less the added value of repeating an excellent season this year and having two good seasons under their belt as opposed to just the one breakout season, I think that might help the price, but I still don't see them trading any of those guys or Kluber, especially since they just got them. I think the Rangers are in for an interesting season. They might not be one of the best teams in the AL, but they're definitely one of the most interesting to watch. And that's what you should look for for the Rangers in this 2020 season. Hello, Rangers fans. I'm Scott Cullen, host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, with a couple of players for you to consider going into the 2020 Major League Baseball season. Which Texas Ranger do I like more than the others? How about a pitcher who had a 5.80 ERA and a 1.65 whip in seven starts last season? Although he had a rough 2019, Corey Kluber has an outstanding track record. In the previous five seasons, he averaged 16.6 wins with a 2.85 ERA and a 1.02 whip, recording 10.1 strikeouts per nine innings. That might be a lofty expectation given his 2019 results, but Kluber seems a good bet to bounce back. Now, a player that I'm not as thrilled about on the Rangers lineup is second baseman Rugnet Odor. Even acknowledging that Odor has three 30-home run seasons on his resume, he's hit under 210 in two of the past three seasons. That's way too risky to add to your fantasy lineup. He's also a low-percentage base stealer, which means he should probably run less. So I can acknowledge the power upside and still be scared off by 178 strikeouts and a 205 batting average. The Angels have the best player in the world with Mike Trout. Will they put a decent team around him? Well, let's find out. As Taylor from Lockdown Angels gives his thoughts. When you look at the Los Angeles Angels in 2020, there are two main storylines that come to mind. Obviously, the first one is going to be pitching. Can this starting rotation carry the load for the Angels and put them into a playoff scenario? You're looking at guys like Andrew Heaney, Dylan Bundy, Julio Tehran. Those are the three primary guys. You're going to have Shohei Otani coming in later in the season. But those are the three primary guys that you're looking to take the workload and turn this team into a playoff caliber team. You're looking at the rest of the rotation. Griffin Canning's going to be out for a while. But you've got guys like Patrick Sandoval, Jaime Berea. Those guys, you know, they're major league pitchers, but are they two guys you can rely on throughout an entirety of a season? Uh, Patrick Sandoval is going to be a rookie here. Jaime Berea is coming off a down year. Are these two guys going to be able to help the Angels rotation move forward and become that high 80s to 90 win team that's a big question mark when it comes to the angels the second storyline is mike trout and mike trout is always a center of attention when it comes to the angels when it comes to baseball the reason why he's the best player in baseball for the first time in his career he's gonna have protection like he's never had before anthony rendon this signing gives mike trout such protection in the lineup anthony rendon one of the best hitters in baseball one of the best players in baseball 
How is Mike Trout going to respond to having more competitive pitches coming against him? Is he going to have a season for the ages? Is he going to have one of the best seasons in baseball history? And can that be a mark that helps the Angels get to the playoffs by this Anthony Rendon signing? For the Angels to have a best-case scenario where they win 90-plus games, you're going to have to see Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon stay healthy through the course of the season. You're going to have to see Shohei Otani be the hitter that he was two years ago. Not that there was anything wrong with what he did last year, but you want to see him back to form two years ago. Also, the pitching. How many times can we talk about pitching when it comes to the Angels, but that is their most important thing that has to go right for them to be a playoff team. Can Andrew Heaney turn the corner and become an elite starter in the league? Can Griffin Canning be healthy? Can Shohei Otani be healthy? Can Julio Tehran and Dylan Bundy outperform the metrics and be those guys that you really need them to be on every fifth or sixth day? You also need the bullpen to be locked down the way they were all the way till August until they got worn down by innings pitch, which is going to be assisted by Julio Tehran and Dylan Bundy. But you need all those things to come together for the Angels to become a playoff team unless you're still looking for that extra arm in the rotation. Health has been a big reason why the Angels haven't succeeded over the last few years. And if you lose one of your impact players to an injury, whether it be one of your key impact players or even one of your members of the rotation, doesn't have to be the top of the rotation. It could be any of your rotation members. Do you have enough depth to continue competing? That is a worst-case scenario for the Angels going into 2020 is losing one member of that rotation and losing that spot, not being able to fill that with a competitive pitcher through the course of the season. And that could be the difference between the Angels being at a high upside with the 90 wins or them falling all the way down to a mid-level team and not finishing above 500. When we talk about players to watch for the Angels in 2020, it all starts with Mike Trout. All of baseball is watching Mike Trout, the best player in the game. And now, like we noted, with the protection of Anthony Rendon behind him in the lineup, you might be seeing Mike Trout have the best season of his career and putting himself in the conversation of the greatest baseball player that has ever lived. This is a big year for Mike Trout, not only under those circumstances, it's not something he's worried about, but can Mike Trout be the leader of this team that takes them to the promised land? As for pitching, you're going to look at Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani missed all of last season on the mound. Most of the season before, came in as a two-way player, but when it comes to him signing originally, the big draw was about how he could pitch and how well he pitched. So as he returns to the mound in 2020, he's going to be the most exciting pitcher to watch when it comes to Angels. They continue to talk about how the Angels are missing an ace. Can this young man be the ace the Angels need, even in limited sample, because he's not going to get 150 to 200 innings. He might only get 100 to 120 innings. But those 100 to 120 innings may be the most important part of the Angels season in 2020. As for rookies who could help the Angels in 2020, you're going to look at the most obvious one, one of the top prospects in baseball, Joe Adele. He may not be up until May or June, but the impact that he has could be similar to what Ronald Acuna Jr. did with the Braves, what Juan Soto did with the Nationals. This is a star caliber player who could help the Angels, but it's going to come later in the season. Another rookie you could watch for is Patrick Sandoval, a guy that should be a member of the rotation for the Angels through the course of the season. Can he be one of those guys that steps up and becomes a valuable arm to help this Angels become a playoff team? As for how I feel about the Angels in 2020, I still feel like they're two arms short of being a playoff caliber team. The loss of Griffin Canning is substantial. But if you can add one or two arms at the trade deadline, which asking for two arms is a high load, but if Patrick Sandoval can turn around and you can add an arm at the trade deadline, my opinion may change. I think the Angels are a mid to high 80s win team. I think that that high 80s is going to come once you add that arm. But until then, 
I still think the Angels are a few games short of being a playoff team. Hello, Angels fans. I'm Scott Cullen, host of Locked on Fantasy Baseball, with a couple of players for you to consider going into the 2020 Major League Baseball season. 2019 was a career-best season for third baseman Anthony Rendon, and it's probably not reasonable to expect him to duplicate it in his first year with the Angels. But in the past three seasons, Rendon has put up at least 40 doubles, 20 home runs, 90 RBIs, and has hit better than 300 in each one of those seasons. Consistent and productive is just fine, thank you very much. Now, a player that I'm not so high on is first baseman Albert Pujols. He's a Hall of Famer who had 23 home runs and 93 RBIs last season, but the 40-year-old is a far cry from his best days. In the past three seasons, Pujols has hit .243 and scored an average of 53 runs. It's not some great secret, but don't be fooled by the name or the respectable RBI totals. The Mariners haven't been in the playoffs since 2001. D.C. Lundberg of Lockdown Mariners has his thoughts of whether or not 2020 will change any of that. Hey gang, this is D.C. Lundberg here to talk about the upcoming Seattle Mariners season. The one or two biggest storylines surrounding this team this season, there's really only one, and that is the growth and development of the prospects that were acquired after the 2018 season leading into last year and some of the other prospects that were acquired during last season for some of the veterans that were still on the roster. It's definitely just a year of growth. The best case scenario for the Seattle Mariners is that Commissioner Manfred cancels the whole season because of the coronavirus, but barring that, the best case scenario really is the same thing as point one, the growth and development of the kids. I think particularly on the pitching side, the bats are ahead of the pitchers at this point. I personally am not very high on any of the pitching prospects that are close to the major league level. However, some of them that are a little farther away look like they're going to be decent prospects. On the other hand, during spring training this year, there was some evidence that at least one of them, Justice Sheffield, kind of has turned a corner. The bugaboo with him, for me was the lack of control and the high number of walks he had given up. He's had better control this spring, and he's also had a new pitch. He's ditched his four-seam fastball in favor of a two-seam fastball that has more movement and is more suited to his arsenal. However, Yusei Kikuchi has not had a very good spring training, and he also had a very bad 2019 season at the major league level. But, you know, we'll see how the season winds up. This was just spring training, an abbreviated spring training at that. The worst case scenario for the Mariners is that the prospects fail to develop, their development stalls, they fizzle, etc. It really is as simple as that since this is a rebuilding project. The top positional player to watch, I think, might be J.P. Crawford, the shortstop. He really faded down the stretch but started off very good. And his defense improved. He has always had the range, but in 2018, when he was a Philadelphia Philly, his glove was below league average. Last year, while maintaining the same range, he had a league average glove. So I expect that that will improve also. In addition, the Mariners have been on him to gain weight over the offseason, muscle weight that is, to become stronger so he can be more durable and last a full season. He put on 20 pounds of muscle weight during the offseason. We will see how that works. He did not have the best of spring trainings either. However, the defense, he is a special defensive shortstop to watch. He is awfully fun. He made the play of the year for the Mariners last season, and I do suspect that this season will be better for J.P. Crawford. The top pitch to watch is Marco Gonzalez, who is the Mariners' number one starter. They gave him a contract extension over the last offseason, which will kick in after this season. It's a four-year deal, so five years combined with the one that he has left on this one with an option, and he is already a major league caliber pitcher. 
He doesn't throw as hard as most pitchers in the league these days. However, he's got a very good changeup, changes speeds pretty well, and has pretty good control. As this is a rebuilding team, there are plenty of young players to keep an eye on. I'll point out two rookies in particular who could make a big difference. First of which being Kyle Lewis, who had a cup of coffee with the Mariners last September. Came up from AA Arkansas, just started hitting everything in sight. Hit a lot of home runs to start off his major league career. And he had not shown that kind of home run power in the minors before. So I think that is a bit of an anomaly. But I think he's going to hit his doubles. He's going to hit plenty of doubles, I think. And the defense defense for a corner is going to be pretty good. He came up as a center fielder. I don't think he quite has the range necessary to play center field, but he'll be a more than adequate corner outfielder. And the other rookie is somebody who I'm very curious about because he has zero major league playing time. Evan White, the first baseman. The Mariners thought enough of him to give him a six-year major league contract over the offseason and pretty much dub him the starting first baseman. The job is his to lose. He's had a pretty decent spring training. He can hit. He's a right-handed hitter, left-handed thrower. And he is proclaimed to be a future Gold Glove Award-winning first baseman. So Lewis and White are the two rookies that I'm kind of excited to see get a full season of major league play under their belt. As for how the season ends, well, at this point it might end in November. Who knows? But for the Mariners, again, it's a rebuilding year. A last place finish in the American League West is pretty much inevitable. I think their win total is probably going to be akin to what it was last season. Remember, they got it to a very hot start last season and then cooled off. I think they're pretty much going to be mediocre throughout the entire season because they don't have the veteran presence that they had at the beginning of last season to kind of see them through that. Tim Beckham just got off to that incredibly hot start, which we now know was assisted by outside influences, I'll say. And once the veterans started going, that's kind of when it started to go downhill. It started to go downhill a little bit before that, and also when Daniel Vogelback cooled off and stopped hitting everything. But I expect the win-loss total to be pretty similar to what it was last season. This has been D.C. Lundberg speaking about the Mariners' 2020 vision. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming, already in progress. Hello, Mariners fans. I'm Scott Cullen, host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, with a couple of players for you to consider going into the 2020 Major League Baseball season. The Mariners' lineup does not offer a whole bunch of wonderful fantasy options, so I'm going with Malik Smith, the 26-year-old who's had back-to-back seasons with at least 40 stolen bases. He hit just 227 last season, so I don't love that. But he hit 296 the year before, which would make him much more compelling. A player I don't like as much for the Mariners is left-handed pitcher Marco Gonzalez. It says something about the Mariners that their staff ace is the one that concerns me. Some of that is a reflection on how low the expectations would be for the other Seattle starters. But it's also a point about Gonzalez's low strikeout rates. In the past two seasons, he's won 29 games and has an ERA of 3.99 and a whip of 1.27. His 7.1 strikeouts per nine keeps him down my list, even if the other categories are at least respectable. Well, there's your American League West preview for the 2020 season, whenever that's going to start. I want to thank Scott Cullen of Lockdown Fantasy Baseball for his input. Also, thanks Brett and Eric from Lockdown Astros, Bryce from Lockdown Rangers, Taylor from Lockdown Angels, DC of Lockdown Mariners, and Jason of Lockdown A's for contributing to our AL West preview. We don't know when it's going to start. You don't know where it's going to start. Not when it does, but do you know what? When it does, it will be fun, and I believe most of the stuff you just heard will still kind of sort of be valid. Listen to us on the free and easy-to-use Himalaya podcasting app and everywhere you get podcasts. 
Follow us on Twitter at LockdownMLB underscore net and on Instagram at LockdownMLB. This has been the Lockdown MLB Podcast for the 18th day of March 2020. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.